In the final episode of this season's Parenthood is a Juggling Act, I'm humbled to be joined by Nikki Stoker, mother of Fred and Chief Operating Officer at A Million Ads. Nikki endured a roller coaster of a journey into motherhood, including an ectopic pregnancy that left her feeling that she and her husband would never conceive. Her story is one of hardship, endurance, and in the end, hopefulness. I hope you will join me in listening to this episode, and if you're struggling with any of the topics mentioned, please reach out to myself or Nikki. I will put our details in the show notes. A big thank you again to Nikki, and enjoy this episode of Life in Digital. Hi, I'm Nikki Stoker. I'm COO at A Million Ads, based here in London. Um, Although actually, obviously, we're not. I'm not in London. I'm in a, a caravan <laughs> because <laughs> none of us are in the office at the moment. Um, so, a million ads is a person. Well, we are the personalization experts. We started off in audio and have branched out into video now, and are growing at a ridiculous rate. Um, in fact, I was just mentioning to Amy about our. Uh, very aggressive hiring strategy that we have for this year. So that's super exciting. Um, we're about 50 people at the moment and we plan to double, at least double in the next sort of six to 12 months, if not more. So that's super exciting as we take out different products to market. So I've been there for nearly two years. Uh, I have an amazing team in the London office and we opened up the US office in November 2018 I think Steve moved out there so Steve isn't originally a Brit but he's living in New York so he's an illegal alien at the moment out there um, running the team with a guy called Brian who is just brilliant real New York character he's great and um, uh, we, we plan to, to make, still maintain UK EMEA and rest of world out of the out of the London office and then obviously those guys will expand across America as and when it takes I think particularly in the US market they like to have locals on the ground so um, anyway I met Amy recently through an introduction from one of the other chaps at Sphere and she told me I think it was actually because I've been doing a mentoring course at mm-hmm. Adweek for parents in creative um, the creative industry or te- tech creative industry and it really struck a chord uh, I think for Amy with what they're doing about lifestyle and parenting and juggling work etc etc so um, this is why I'm here to talk about my journey and my story. Yeah and what was it specifically about this topic that resonated with you? I mean probably looking back now it wasn't that funny but when I look back now I've got quite an interesting story around struggling to have a baby in the first place when I, I don't think that I don't mind talking about this stuff it's been quite open I don't think people talk about it enough actually um, my husband and I had several miscarriages and I had a very um, life-threatening ectopic pregnancy before I had my little boy so we never actually thought he was going to arrive um, we'd actually given up the chance of ever trying to have a child and I'd taken a new job just to find out that I was 12 weeks pregnant when I started so that went down like a sack of shit as you can imagine imagine telling your new boss um actually while you're in Cannes being pregnant that you only have probably six to eight months for them when they've spent all this money recruiting you to come in and run their new EMEA business so that was an interesting story to start with and I think then just because Fred being such a miracle Um, I felt guilty about wanting to go back to work because I couldn't stay at home and not do anything. So when he was about nine months old, I found myself um, watching, and and this is funny, but at the time it was actually quite traumatic. I found myself watching Peppa Pig and genuinely wanting to find out what was happening in the story. I was genuinely interested. And I went to look to Fred to see how he was enjoying it, only to realize he was actually having a nap and I was watching it by myself. So I really, really, really (laughs) needed to get back to work. 
Um, Peppa Pig is now not allowed in our house. She's evil. Do not let your children watch Peppa Pig. She's evil. Um, anyway, and so, so from that going back to work and then having those challenges and it's just an onslaught of emotions of being at work. I, I was very, very lucky to go back three days a week to work for an old boss of mine, but still in a very senior position. I think a lot of people unfortunately struggle to go back to those senior positions because they want you to be full time. I was extremely, extremely lucky, but then felt that I was battling myself constantly between being at work and being at home and not really doing either of those things properly, even though I was contracted to work three days a week come Friday or third I think it was Mondays and Fridays I worked from home I still felt like I needed to check my emails why do we do that why do we feel like yeah. we need to do that um and I think this will resonate with a lot of people um and it, it could send you a little bit crazy as well because you don't really feel like you're doing anything properly and then when I'm at home if I'm checking emails it's not fair to Fred so I tried to change things a little bit and make sure that um, one day I was at home would be like a doing day so we would do chores and he'd have to be dragged around to the supermarket and to the post office and all of those things but then the other day would purely be for, about him about what he wanted to do yeah um, and obviously as a two-year-old he wanted to eat mud and throw stuff so it was relatively messy and fun but um, that worked for a while and then after a while of being at this company they actually offered me quite a big promotion and it was a c-suite role to go in full-time and I think more out of the fear of having to look for another job, um, don't get me wrong, I loved the company. I took the full-time work kind of against my better judgment because I knew I didn't really want to work full-time, wasn't really ready to work full-time. I think at this point, Fred wasn't even quite two. So I took the job and it was awful because I worked in Victoria. I mean, don't get me wrong, the job wasn't awful. I loved the company and I loved the, the people and I loved the job, but actually the experience for me was, was awful because... I live in deepest, darkest Essex. I was traveling to Victoria every day. It was like a three, three and a half hour round trip. I didn't get to put Fred to bed. I was just miserable, really, 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 really miserable. Um, and um, I think I've already told you this story already, Amy, but you'll probably still laugh anyway, but um, bravely or stupidly, I don't know. I handed my notice in, in a board meeting without really planning what I was gonna do. I hadn't actually told my husband either, so. Um, that was an interesting conversation when I got home. He, uh, he's, um, not that he never asks me about work, that's terrible, but it's not a general, you know, I, I don't feel like I need to unload about work all the time when I come home. But funnily enough, that day, for some reason, the first thing he asked me was, how was work today? Well, funny story, I handed my notice in today. And, and um, actually, do you know, it was the start of the rest of my life. It was the best thing I'd ever done because it just gave me time to really think about what I wanted to do, what was important to our family what we needed, what we didn't need. Um, I mean, despite the fact we didn't know how we were gonna pay the mortgage in the next couple of months. Uh, Cause at that time I was robbed of some of the, the childcare as well. So I was like the breadwinner. Um, so we sat down and, and, and it, it was actually really wonderful for our marriage as well, because it really made us think about what we needed as a, as a family, as a, as a couple, what do we actually need and what was important to us. And um, so I sold all the stuff that we didn't need to help pay for the mortgage that month. We just reevaluated our lifestyle, really. Um, and it was glorious. It was really cathartic. It was a really nice process to go through. And I think that really helped me work out who I was and where I wanted to be. And, and I guess a lot of new mums and people that have gone through this, or not just new mums, mums in general, will really associate with that. Once you've had a kid, you really struggle. You have this internal struggle of wanting to be this amazing mother, but still wanting your own life and wanting to be a friend and a daughter and a wife and, and have a career and do all those other things and still wear nice clothes. And, and you really lose yourself in that first sort of 18 months. 
So it was definitely a journey for me, indeed. Definitely a journey. Wow. Just so many things we can unpack there, but <laughs> what an incredible <laughs> journey to have come to. And you feel really strong at the moment. You feel like yeah. you said you started this mentorship. So I wonder yes. if we could kind of look at that beginning point. So you obviously... Thank, and thank you for being so generous with sharing it, but you were struggling with pregnancy and you'd actually yeah. thought yeah. it wasn't happening for you and, and your husband. Yeah. You mentioned, so you were you were interviewing, were you at stage where you had been offered the role or at what stage did you find out that you were having Fred? So we actually decided to stop trying and that's when yeah. I decided to move company because I wasn't, I, I'd been at the company I was at at the time for about four years and I've been moved into a role that I wasn't, um loving they hadn't been particularly gracious actually in fact when they found out that I was trying for a baby my job sort of got pulled out from underneath my feet and I got placed somewhere else which wasn't very gracious yeah and that was when I was in hospital after the ectopic and um it it was uh it wasn't a fun time um and of course you you get quite battered by it and and I I pushed myself to get back to work quite quickly and, and I was very very lost so we decided that my health was probably more important at that time and that we would worry about um, what we were going to do about trying for a baby. You know, let's just draw a line under it for now. And then we actually decided that it, perhaps it wasn't healthy um, and um, it wasn't going to work for us. So I would, uh, we were going to start, we actually started the adoption process and started looking at how we could adopt. Um, and that's when I started looking for a job. And I'd actually signed the papers and then found out about three days after I'd signed the paperwork that I was pregnant so wow yeah. <laughs> I know wow. yeah okay. or maybe maybe not maybe not three it, days maybe maybe a bit longer than that but and um, yeah amazing that that happened to you and how was the pregnancy and where were you at you mentioned you'd started the job search what was that period of time like for you well I, I'd already taken the job so You'd I was taking the job I'd taken the job yeah yeah no I'd taken the job I was yeah. fully pregnant by the time I started so yeah. I, I I didn't know I was pregnant throughout the whole process I remember feeling a little bit peculiar and because I'd been pregnant before I kind of knew some of the symptoms but my tests this is why I didn't find out till I was like 10 12 weeks my tests always used to come up negative it's very bizarre um it's a hormonal thing I don't know very bizarre but um yeah so I'd already accepted the job before I found out I was pregnant yeah so I wasn't actually searching whilst being pregnant uh, but I did have to tell my my new boss that I was very very pregnant on my <laughs> my second week maybe yeah yeah how, how did that conversation go I have to say he was absolutely wonderful about yeah. it he couldn't have been more wonderful um and obviously it's a strange situation to be because it's not something that you do on purpose is it no one gets pregnant and takes a new job because obviously there's the issues of you not having the support financially etc that perhaps you know a taxpayer might be due but he was wonderful but I'm pretty sure it wasn't really ideal for them <laughs> and you had you said to you, you found it didn't sound like a happy medium so you were doing three days a week once Fred was born yeah yeah when he was about nine months old um and yet I agree it's something speaking to even some of the parents at Sphere like there is still even though you're you know that you don't need to you just care about your job so you do think okay well I'll I'll pick that up I won't I won't wait for that yeah can you can you talk a little bit more about that period where you were working part-time and 
the decision to move into a full-time role which ultimately yeah. wasn't the right the right thing for you and yeah. led to something better but talk to me about that period too yeah I think if I was doing that now it would be a very different story I think um even just sort of three years on I feel so much more grown up and so much more confident in my own decisions I don't think I would be you know scrabbling around on a Friday answering emails if I wasn't in the office I would feel like you know when my hours are I work very hard when I'm there I will pick it up when I'm not or somebody else needs to pick it up that's that's just the way it is and I think um flexible working over the last or the recent situation has really shown us that that that's totally possible um, but at the time I was working as I said for an old boss of mine who'd given me a really great opportunity um, I was so desperate to get back to work that I would also wanted to prove myself because you have this whole juxtaposition of wanting to prove yourself and being part-time um, and then it's the age-old thing that when you would leave say on a Thursday after, afternoon evening to go home and then everyone would say to you enjoy your day off tomorrow I'd want to scream because it's like enjoy my day off I'm literally at home with my nine month old son. That's not a day off. You can't leave my 10 month old son, whatever at the time. You can't leave them to do anything. They're all over the place. And of course it's joyous, it's joyous time because that's your child. And we used to have a hilarious time but people would be like, yeah, enjoy your day off. And I would have to clench my fists. And I think it's just that um, lack of understanding about working parents and well, anybody, any other, any person, not just a parent that has other responsibilities, you know, your job is not your entire life. Um, it used to drive me insane um but i would spend all day you know ages to get to work and then spend all day working 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 because i had a hard finish because i wanted to get home i felt like i was really efficient so why did i then still feel like i needed to check things on a monday or a friday when i wasn't in the office and i think it's an unhealthy um and i don't think it was anyone else forcing me to feel like that or maybe it's just the unspoken words but then particularly when you get the oh enjoy your day off comments you're like really that's what you think so maybe I was trying to prove something like well actually I'm not on my day off I'm going to manage this and I'm going to sort it all out I don't know no it's really interesting isn't it and it's something that yeah I don't I'm sure there are companies that aren't happy about flexible working um but the ones that are embracing it I agree I don't necessarily believe that they're they're trying to make you feel bad about having that day off but there's just it's just not built into our culture or our society to work in that way so it's something that we're really having to be aware of and address and then you handed in your notice (laughs) yes yes Yes. without any planning yeah Yeah. planning good but you found you found what you wanted to do in that time unpack that a little bit yeah I just found um and again, it, the company I was working for were wonderful. My old boss is wonderful. He's one of my closest friends. And yeah. he allowed me to, to go through this, have this experience, which was wonderful. Um, I, I just felt relieved. I felt like I wasn't on a hamster wheel, just constantly running and not really achieving anything. Feeling like you're failing at home, feeling like you're failing at work is pretty bad place to be. Um, and particularly when it's you that's potentially putting those pressures on yourself as well. And there wasn't time for other stuff like exercise or, or or entertainment or fun or and and an actual fact at the time you know it wasn't great my husband and I weren't really in a, a great place either because I wasn't particularly happy and then um I decided to take the summer off and I think I probably made it about three weeks before I started doing some consultancy for my husband's business <laughs> 
but the thing was it was on my terms and I could choose to do it and I could work what hours I wanted to work I didn't need to be in an office anyway and from that I actually ended up working for myself and my husband runs a creative agency called Rabbit and Hair uh, which we own and I sort of became the digital consultant through Rabbit and Hair so I found projects that I could work on and I could work two days a week I could work one day a week I could work four days a week but it was projects where I felt like I was bringing value and I was going in to work on that project and I didn't it sounds a bit awful I didn't have to worry about all the other shit in the backgrounds I didn't have a team to manage I didn't have to worry about someone's dentist appointment I didn't have to worry about the board meeting and the reports and stuff I went in I gave them my expertise it was a really valuable experience to really get back to my confidence as well about knowing what I'm good at and understanding how to connect people and the pieces of the big jigsaw puzzle of our industry um so again that was a really cathartic experience so I, I consulted for about two years starting out just sort of doing a few projects and then towards the end as Fred then started being closer to school age um working like four days a week because I felt like I could manage it at that point and he was at nursery so he went to um nursery or preschool um three or four days a week and yeah, it I, sounds awful. I hate this expression. I always think people that go traveling and find themselves, but I really actually found myself. <laughs> I know it's cheesy. Um, and what I wanted to do, and, and actually felt this opportunity with um, the guys that A Million Ads came up during that time of me consulting. And I, uh, I really didn't actually want to work full time, but it was such an amazing opportunity. I couldn't not take it. It was right up my street. It's creative, it's technology. It's a small UK business. It's a startup. It was everything that I've always been good at or enjoyed. Um, and I'm so glad I took it because it's been a wonderful, wonderful couple of years. And is Fred at school now? Yeah, yeah, he's in year one now. Yeah, causing trouble. Before we kind of <laughs> before we go on to million ads, I just want to flesh it out a little bit. So your husband is it his own company, um, Rabbit and Hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah Rabbit and Hair. Yeah, right, it's so his he company, was yeah. working full time throughout that period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah, and now um, because of flexible working now and also even when I was consulting, again, because he's running a business and actually he was based half from home, half from, from London, he can be flexible because he's his own boss, right? So it's his company. Um, they definitely work with flexible hours. And now, particularly working from home, we have to be super flexible. But um, when I decided to take the job at A Million Ads, I, I couldn't do it without Rob. He's basically the... the <laughs> does the lion's share of the drop-offs and the pickups and all of that type of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's definitely been a partnership to get to where we are. And what was it about a million ads? You said, so it was it was too good an opportunity to mess up. It, it kind of touched on all the things that you're good at. Um, but obviously going back to a full-time role, it, it, it felt, was there, was there question marks going on in your head and kind of yeah. what made you take that, take that leap? Yeah, definitely. Because I'd always had in my mind and my husband and I had always planned that we would I'd go back to work full-time when Fred was at school yeah. um because then he's at school anyway he's a little bit older you know he doesn't need not that he doesn't need as much that's not of course he does he's only he's only six um but he's not a little baby um and I also wanted him to to be proud of having a a, a career mum as well somebody that works and that has worked hard and and probably achieved some great things too hopefully um so um what was my mind going through when I was thinking about a million ads um yeah I was nervous because it was actually sort of six to eight months before he went to school so I was a bit nervous but it's one of those things you can't be like oh could you just wait for eight months until my son starts school because it's not really convenient for me at the moment because life's not like that is it so um 
yeah, I was anxious. Was I making the right decision? Would I be able to do it? Had I had enough time out doing my own thing? Was I was I prepared to take on a big team again or start helping grow a big team? Um, but just from the moment I met Steve and the team, uh, it, it just felt right. The, the, the technology is incredible. Uh, the people are incredible. The culture, their values, it just it stands for everything that I believe in as well. It's really nice to work for a company that shares your values and that you can really exhibit them throughout your work and the way you treat your team and the way that you just go about life in general and the environment, etc. Sustainability and diversity and inclusion, all those buzzwords. It's actually we we in the background really try hard to incorporate that type of stuff and and those topics into our everyday rhetoric. Um, I think the inclusive piece was something that really, really made me feel like I wanted to work there. They, they do this wonderful thing where they um, have a, in, during the interview process, they, uh, a million ads ask you to do something called your passion project. And it's to show even somebody that's not, uh, not going to be presenting something to show what it is that you're passionate about and how excited you are or how you feel or how you look when you get passionate about something how emotive it is because obviously personalization is all around emotions and particularly audio is all around emotions and how it makes you feel so we wanted to see what people were interested in and I mean, we've had some crazy interviews with some people being interested in some really crazy stuff <laughs> cool idea to do the the passion projects yeah and it, it, it make, means that we have a really interesting workforce everybody's very and I mean diverse in terms of culture and and interests um but also diverse in the world in, in the true sense of the word as well um so and it, and it felt like that we enable people to bring their weird does that make sense you know whatever it is that you're into that's cool come come and come and share it with us and what did you share actually I didn't have to do it I don't know why I didn't have to do it. Maybe I was, um, I did I mentioned that to Steve once. I Maybe I was, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, Steve and I spent quite a lot of time, obviously, because he, he needed to know that he was handing the, the, the reins over to somebody in the UK that he trusted and got on well with. So we had quite a lot of chemistry meetings and um, we got on very well. So I think he just thought that, maybe he thought I would present something really weird and it would go against me so <laughs> and if I had to have done it I would have done it about architecture and yeah, uh, yeah I'm very interested yeah in architecture and, and design in general but mostly architecture so. and how has your experience which has been like the only word I can think of is a roller coaster which is again super cheesy but it has been this yeah it journey. totally has yeah um, how has that informed the, the kind of policies that you're thinking about and how you want to approach and how you think businesses can approach parenting and mothers and fathers in returning? Yeah. I mean, I think trying to be the equality, another buzzword, um, the equality thing is something that we're trying to strive for at the moment. We, we're just rewriting all of our policies. We're rewriting things like the maternity and the paternity. Because we came, we were a startup, so a lot of it was actually very standard. Yeah. But now we're a scale up and we have money in the bank and we're doing well. It, you know, how, how do we then make sure that we're providing a really safe and equal environment for our staff? So we've moved from um, standard paternity maternity to quite generous packages and particularly from the paternity side of things I think the guys can get up to like 
eight weeks or something, which, you know, for a small company, I think is pretty generous. Um, well, I'd hope so anyway. Obviously, we're not a huge conglomerate, so we can't be offering the six months that some companies do. But it's a start and we'll continue to build on that as our, our team expands and allows us to be able to do that. Obviously, we still have to think about the business. And if somebody's out for six weeks, eight weeks, can we function? like obviously working from home policy flexible hours you know we don't if my team for example needs to do pickup i don't need to understand why you need to leave early if you've got to go because you need to do school pickup or you need to equally go to a dentist appointment whatever it is i think it's all about trust as well making sure that they know that they're able to do what they need to do and they don't have to lie about a situation or they don't have to not tell you um i want them the staff to feel that they can sort of not come and go as they please but to a degree and be trusted that they'll get the work done and that they'll pick up the hours if they need to i know that's how i work so that's how i'd like to afford them the same courtesy no i think that's great and that also came up with Ete, who you introduced me to some really yeah. similar things so it feels like one we've really learned from this period of lockdown about how to approach flexible working and how we can trust yeah that 100%. feels like a really big thing but yeah it, it does feel the most important thing that i've learned you're you're the last guest of this series and um, and i think the biggest thing i've learned from speaking to all four mm -hmm. of you is the value of time and the fact that it can't all fit into very neat packages but there's nine to five doesn't exist anymore yeah it doesn't exist but you can still be extremely successful working in a way that suits you and your family um mm -hmm. is there anything that you want to that you feel like we haven't mentioned or you kind of want to communicate in this um, I think one of the things I wanted to talk about a little bit, um, and this was something that came up in the ad week, I don't feel that the struggles that, not just women, because the, the, their partners or whoever it is that they're with, the, the families are going through to actually have children and the struggles about miscarriages or ectopic pregnancies, or et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it's talked about enough. I mean, it obviously talks about a lot more than it used to be, and, you know, people don't want to talk about it over their breakfast. I get that. But I think there needs to be a safe space. And I'd imagine you speak to a lot of your friends. There's a lot more people that have suffered than we actually know because people don't say anything about it. Because how do you bring it up? And I guess you could talk to your close friends about it. But I don't know. It, 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 it plays on my mind that there needs to be a safe place. So I kind of shout about it from the rooftops um, whenever I can because I don't mind. I want people to see that, it, it, that, that there can be a, a happy ending, but also that there are people that understand the struggles and the mental um, issues that might come with those situations. And I don't know, I think there's something that we can do perhaps, I don't know how, where that yeah. there, there must be a, a forum for for sharing information or knowledge within the industry. I, I don't know, perhaps this, uh, that's another podcast for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point. You feel like it's something that you, I don't know, did you go to your employer at that time and say, this is what we're experiencing at the moment? Did you feel like you could do that? No. Well, no, because obviously then you tell him that you're having a baby and you're of no use to them yeah. anymore. That's how it felt. And in actual fact, my prophecy did come true because when I did get poorly and end up, the work found out about it. They didn't know about the previous losses when they did find out about it. And it wasn't everybody. It was just one particular guy. Yeah, he. If, I felt the general message was, let's put you out to pasture because you're no use to us anymore. That's kind of how it felt. Not, obviously it was never actually said, but um, 
it was it was very very unceremoniously done you you mentioned having a safe space and obviously we don't have to know the answer yet but as someone who went through that what what do you think you needed in that time and what would have felt helpful well this is what I don't know because everybody's very yeah. different everybody some people are very private about it some people want to talk about it some people are very emotional some people don't know how to deal with the emotion um I don't know what it looks like I think it's going to be different for everybody so yeah. I, I don't really know what it looks like it's so yeah it's super tricky I do it is definitely getting I don't know necessarily with employers but it's definitely being spoken about more like we saw it with was it Chrissy Teigen had yes uh, miscarriage and I think somebody uh Megan yeah they spoke about it quite openly didn't they, they? which is it. which is great and actually and I don't know I, I'm not a huge social media follower but um I do actually follow Chrissy because I think she's awesome yeah. um did you see some of the responses that she got from people it was horrific absolutely horrific and it coming from and I'm not saying that you would expect it to come from either gender particularly but from some of those are mothers I yeah blows my mind blows my mind it's just the taboo even about uh celebrating pregnancy i think on social media because so many people have such varying um yeah stories to tell and some people are struggling to get pregnant some people yeah. have an amazing pregnancy and go on to breastfeed and shout at people from the rooftop, yeah. but there's such a polarizing <laughs> message going on um yeah. I hope we're moving past that and we're we're definitely trying to be more yeah but you can imagine as, as, as an employer if one of your staff members whether it's uh, whatever situation that, that their lifestyle is imagine that they or their partner are, are suffering from a, a loss or a struggle to think that they would feel pressured to come into work and have to continue going after such a traumatic experience, no matter how you react to it. As I say, some people are much more emotional, some people shut down, and that which is that equally equally as bad. Um, to feel that they didn't feel that they could talk about it because they would then be seen that they were going to have a baby, whether it's them or their partner or whoever, it breaks my heart that to think that they would be pushing through and struggling you know that's not an inclusive and um and uh understanding place to be for work is it so i think maybe that's maybe it's education around the employers themselves i don't know i don't know yeah i think you're right i think if we can get to a stage where we can have an open dialogue and a structure that benefits both the employer and the person trying to start a family if you can see how it's going to work you can kind of work yeah. backwards and, and support all stages yeah. getting to that point that those yeah. people want to be. Well, I, I reckon at least 90% of my girlfriends that work in the industry around sort of my age and my level all were petrified about telling their boss that they were pregnant. Really? Yeah. And that's terrible. I mean, some of them have got, I mean, I was quite a late starter with Fred because we obviously struggled so much. Some of them have got slightly older children. So it's perhaps of a slightly different age um, or periods I, I would hope that it wasn't that now but I would have nothing but joy for a member of staff that were pregnant or planning to have yeah. a family you know it's the most natural thing in the world if that's what they want to do and I can't believe that employers or whether it's intentional or not would make anybody feel other than anything other than safe to be able to talk about it so that definitely needs to be addressed yeah well hopefully we can get more people like you <laughs> to be in charge that would be 
that would be the dream. Um, <laughs> you, that's very kind. But it, but it makes sense. I think the more women we have in leadership roles, and some men are champions of this, but it makes sense that the more support we can get to women being able to stay and work on terms that works for them and their family, you retain such good talent that when they do get yeah. to the leadership level and ultimately kids go to school and that 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 demand lessens. Yeah, it frees up a bit of time, yeah. Yeah, it feels like a good progression. I really yeah. I, I and just having more women in leadership roles just to for from a, a, a an equality perspective but also just from a point of view you know yeah. we think about things slightly differently and we come up with different solutions and um it, it always still makes my mind spin when you see that picture and I think it's from a few years ago now but where the government were talking about women's rights and it was basically a room full of men discussing what would happen yeah. with yeah and I, I mean even <laughs> I can't even explain how it makes me feel um so I just think and, and, it, and it, it's not even just about women's rights or anything like that I'm, I just mean generally across the board women and men tend to have different ways of approaching things um I think it just creates a really interesting perspective for a business to have that equality amazing a big thank you to nikki for being so generous with her time and for sharing her story with us if you are someone who's struggling with pregnancy please do reach out to myself or nikki i will put both of our details in the show notes check out nikki and the awesome work that they're doing over at a million ads again links will be in the show notes and via our website that was it for season two parenthood is a juggling act I feel incredibly lucky to have spoken to Ete, Marie, Claire and Nikki about their experiences of juggling their career with parenthood. If you have any thoughts about any of the episodes or any topics that you want us to cover in upcoming seasons, please reach out to me. My email is amy at spherelondon.co.uk. At the time of posting, we're a week and a half away from Christmas, so have an amazing break wherever you are and see you in 2021 for more seasons of Life in Digital.